Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. We had a um, very interesting start to the stream, if you noticed. Uh, had to take care of that gosh darn follow bot. That was fun. Um, but anyway, we're here now. And uh, I would like to um, say hello and welcome to all of the people joining us for the first time tonight. Um, we are here. This is a, a, a TTRPG uh, chat show where uh, chat is in charge of asking all of the questions. So uh, hopefully you've come with some questions or you think of some questions during the course of the night and you can just go ahead and drop them into chat. And I've got a moderator standing by to make sure that we get them and uh, hopefully we have time to answer all of them. But if we don't, I have a project for those. So uh, that will be, there will be more information about that um, coming up in just a little bit. But the first thing that I would like to do is I would like to go around and have all of my guests introduce themselves. So, Callan, we're going to start with you. Tell us a little about who you are and where everybody can find you and anything that you've got that you would like to share. Uh, I am Callan Hale. Uh, you can find me, Callan underscore Hale, on Twitter and on my YouTube channel where I stream uh, Retro Horror, which one of my friends and big fans sent me this because I stream Fatal Frame. That scary classic game <laughs> an old camera obscura that's uh, some awesome. things they have coming up uh gemini are actually starting up our business that's going to be launching on october 10th uh, delta three designs where i'll be posting up all of my ttrpg content i've written over the past decade that i'm bringing up to 5e as well as uh accessible supplements and just general ttrpg stuff even on my horror shows i do and I chat about tabletop RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad we were able to get you scheduled on for tonight. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit and, and uh, chat a little bit more. Um, and next we'll go over to Lord Richter, who is a longtime watcher, first time caller. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. That's true. Um, you can find me at the Inspired and Competence Discord server. Uh, I also hang out at the Full Round Action Gaming server, um, and pretty much that's my jam is to uh, follow those podcasts and, uh, you know, participate where I can with them. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on tonight, and um, familiar face back at the tavern, Ray Mayhem. <laughs> it's me, again, Ray Mayhem. <laughs> I'm trying to get that Shannon spot, like, I want to have been here the most. I know I'm gonna have to go back and do a head count it. for everybody. So <laughs> I think I'm on seven or eight. You might be ahead of Shannon at this point. Ooh, ooh, that feels nice. Um, <laughs> hello, I am Ray Mayhem. Um, I am Ray Mayhem literally everywhere. I paint minis. Um, I play a lot of TTRPG. And uh, I'm in a weird position because there's two projects that I'm working on. Both people who like are part of them are here and we're going to be talking about them at various points. But like that point is not right now. So um, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> 
Uh, well, thanks for coming back on and hanging out with me. I was telling Anytime. Ray beforehand, I haven't had the chance to talk to her lately. So this is like the only way that I can get time to actually say hi to Hang Ray. out with your friends. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Next, I have Rabbit, who is visiting from the Lawful Great Adventures, which you have all heard me promote far and wide. So, uh, Rabbit, tell us a little about you. <laughs> hey, I'm Rabbit. Uh, I play Theo Rosefield on Lawful Great Adventures. It's a Pathfinder 1D actual play. Four friends, far from home, long world wind adventure. And also, uh, going back to what Ray was saying, announcing today, you heard it here first, uh, I'm actually going to be the storyteller for our first uh, spinoff uh, from the LGA podcast. Uh, it's going to be using the new Orbital Blues system, and the project is called Telluride. Uh, it'll actually have Ray Mayhem, Kyellen, T.T. Benjamin, also a lawful great, and Zad Kael. And it's a uh, kind of a dystopian uh, capitalist nightmare uh, kind of uh, place and setting with uh, a lot of sad space cowboys. And it's going to be really interesting, and so far it's been really fun. So uh, stick, uh, stay tuned on uh, my Twitter, at uh, Tarabbit, with an underscore, or at Great underscore Lawful. Uh, for more details when we get that. Awesome. Well, I'm already excited for it. Um, it's an awesome cast. I know a good number of the people in it and uh, <laughs> we'll vouch for all of them. Um, and uh, let's see, we'll go over to Amber. Oh, wow. I muted myself thinking that I was already muted. I love doing that. So <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm, <laughs> I'm Amber, also known as the Space Jamber on Twitter um, and Instagram. But I, I think the last time I used my Instagram was May, so don't follow me there. Anyway, hi. <laughs> um, the last time I was actually on Tales from the Tavern, I was trying to make it as a game designer. And then I actually found my groove as a tabletop um, a tabletop role-playing game editor and content creator. So actually, like, I love this 180. Um, I, um, I'm actually finishing up editing Necrobiotic now from Penny for a Tale, and I'm very excited because this has been, like, my first huge, big, big, big project. I'm like, love that. Um, but also working, I've also worked with Fat Magic. I've worked um, with I'm currently working also with Snowbite Studios to um, their various initiatives since they just uh, wrapped up Tea Time Adventures. So lots of really great things on the horizon. I am for hire. If anyone needs an editor or a researcher or a writer or whatever, please let me know. Um, but yeah, um, thank you so much for having me on again, Luna. This has just been just watching your community grow since you split from Sprint uh, Shared Experience has been really great. So, Thank yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been awesome and it's been uh, a really nice adventure taking this, uh, as I keep saying, it's bringing Tales from the Tavern back home. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, uh, Amber didn't say it, but she should. She refers to herself as the TTRPG Swiss Army Knife. So, um, so yeah, definitely uh, reach out to her if you're looking for any of that stuff. And I am Gamer Mom Luna. I am the host and creator of Tales from the Tavern, which has run on now its third channel in two years. And uh, yeah, finally bringing it back home uh, to my own personal channel, which I've been a variety streamer on Twitch for about the same amount of time, about two years. And um, now sort of uh, 
shifting my channel a little bit to be more TTRPG focused. Um, so with that news comes two things. Uh, one is that uh, Amber and I actually are going to be doing a one shot together with uh, Dungeon Matter, Matt Arter, who was on two weeks ago. And... Um, Oh my gosh, Big Bees is going to be in it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Soul, uh, yes. And so that is going to be a, a super fun one shot that Matt actually wrote um, wrote the system for called Crashlands. And um, so look for that coming soon. Also, Ray and I have an announcement. Um, we are going to be starting up a, uh, a TTRPG stream. Um don't really know exactly what the runtime on it's going to be just yet. Um, but if you like Ravenloft, you might be into this. If you like My Little Ponies, you're definitely going to be into this because it's My Little Ponies in Ravenloft. And we have two spots open for the cast. <laughs> so... We are uh, going to be looking for that. So uh, we'll, what we'll probably do is uh, I will set up a Google form um, and put that out on Twitter as well as in Discord. And uh, we will spread the word far and wide. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, um, we would love to chat with you about it. Ray, do you have anything that you would like to add? For anyone, anyone that has ever played at my table, I am very rule of cool that if you can make it sound good, I will probably let it fly. Um, I really, I have the entire um, My Little Pony Tales of Equestria Friendship is Magic TTRPG. And I always wanted to do something with it. And it's Wolf's Blood's fault because he said, well, why don't you set it in Ravenloft? So it's either going to be this like absolutely ridiculous adventure or it is going to be way more serious than I ever intended for it to be. So, but it will be fun. And yes. oh, I think my head just exploded. When you <laughs> And, and very thankful at the moment that my children are not watching this because they would probably be pressuring me to fill out a form. <laughs> and and that would hurt me a lot. Well, we wouldn't want that. So. Yes, that would be bad. Um, so if this I, is I your... <laughs> Wolf's blood. I'm playing. I'm so playing my little donkey. <laughs> Wait, this is my big question because I, like, I, I, I saw the... Tales from Equestria game when I was out yesterday. Do you actually play as the ponies? Yep. Like the canonical ponies from like Twilight Sparkle and all that? Uh, you make your own pony and on your character sheet there's like a little outline of a My Little Pony and you get to like make your own cutie mark and color them and stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> Wolf's Blood and I were discussing oh, wow. his cutie mark the other day because uh, for those of you that know Wolf's Blood, he is also going to be part of the cast. And uh, we were saying that uh, his cutie mark should be a mech from Mech Warrior. <laughs> so, an urban mech. Yes. Yep. An urban mech. Yep. Um, okay. So, for those of you that are visiting the stream for the first time, 
this the way this works is we take all of our questions from chat. We do have one that's already come in, so we're going to jump off uh, with that one in just a minute. But if you have questions that you would like to ask our cast, uh, our crew here, feel free to just drop them in chat. You uh, don't need to do anything special. I have a moderator that will make sure that they get seen and will feed them to me directly. So don't feel like you have to use the highlight or anything like that. However, if you have a thousand channel points and you would like to bump your question up to the next one in the queue, you can use the ask my question next, which is available in you, the channel points section. So for a thousand channel points, your question will get bumped up to the next one in the queue. So that way, you know that we will have to get to it. And like I mentioned, uh, any questions that we don't have time to get to, what I used to do is I would put them on Twitter for everybody to answer. However, those will now be getting saved for a podcast version of this show that's going to be about an hour long and will launch exclusively to patrons. Um, so uh, it will launch to everybody else like a week or two later, but it will start off launching exclusively to patrons. So those questions will actually end up getting reserved for the guests on that Um that is either going to start in November or January. It kind of depends on how my fall goes at this point. Um, but be on the lookout for that information as well. So there you have it. Um, so we're going to dive in with our questions right now. The first question that we got is from Nekola the Druid. And her question is, what would your favorite character you've played dress up for for Halloween? <sighs> <laughs> I know we're starting off with the big heavy hitting questions. I, I've actually played my favorite character recently. He's a tabaxi uh, bard monk. He would dress up like El Kabong because he doesn't know how to play the loot he uses. He uses <laughs> it as a bludgeoning weapon. That's amazing. <laughs> and Gemma, the GM, does not make me roll an attack roll. It's a performance roll every time Excellent. he uses it. <laughs> Excellent. Incredible. Wait, El Kabong, like the the yeah. horse that. Okay, all yeah. right. I just want to make sure. This episode, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye. I think I'm trying to think. Uh, one of my characters that I played. Edebricks, who was a halfling rogue ranger fighter um, in Pathfinder First Edition, uh, she would probably like. She's not super creative when it comes to stuff like that, so I think she would probably just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go like a little extra and like extra dress up as a rogue." So she'd probably pull off something like, um, um, "Oh my gosh, uh, um." Wesley from the Princess Bride, like she would probably run with something like that. <laughs> That's great. But well, he still had the mask on. I, I like my brain is not giving me any of my characters. All I can think about is Jackie, who's in the project I'm working on Rabbit with. And like uh, Jackie definitely has like a sexy nurse costume in her closet. Like <laughs> there's there's for sure like she was Harley Quinn for like too many years. Like and that's all I can think about is like what Jackie what Jackie has been for Halloween. And like she's that girl. Like she's been a sexy nurse and like a sexy cop. Like the whole sexy version of the village people. She's been. <laughs> 
hundred percent. Hundred percent. I keep trying to think of something more creative than the answer I'm about to give. So, but I can't because that's just the nature of this character. So, my favorite character that I've ever played that I really only pull out for like stupid games um, is a man called uh, Tamal Wazelian. And he is a um, wild magic barbarian, um, very, very, very uh, loosely based on um, Tommy Wiseau from the room and um, other such great things as, um, you know, anything really. So, um, I, I mean, but like really what he would dress up as is probably, I mean, Tommy Wiseau would dress up as Tennessee Williams mm-hmm. or like himself. Yeah. He would dress up as himself. That's what he would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this character absolutely would dress up as Tommy Wiseau as Tommy Wiseau. So it's very meta. God. I, I hate myself. <laughs> well, now that you said that, I was reminded I played a sentient hat that had the um, had the soul of a lich trapped in it, and it became more powerful as it like consumed human uh, souls. So it found its way into a children's museum and was like in the dress up box at a children's museum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You you played the and, sorting hat. Yeah. Um, what did? Oh my god. Yeah, like like cannibalistic. What did hat. Daphne call me? Daphne called me. Oh, murder hat was was what they would call me. It was murder hat. And like it was really yeah, his name was cool guy name. <laughs> the hat's name was cool guy name. But um, I can't just imagine that like because it was like this old ugly hat that. The cool guy name would probably dress up as like a fedora and think it was cool. <laughs> Incredible. So my character Theo in our in the LGA campaign, he they actually the entire party went to a a fancy dress party, and what he went as, he was wearing black leather pants uh, with good chunky black boots, uh, a black vest. White shirt with the sleeves rolled up to show off them forearms. Uh, chest unbuttoned because you got to show off the chest. Wearing rose tinted glasses. That's what he wore. I love it. It was so good. He was a pimp from the seventies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say a member a of the yes, but that's better. <laughs> so I I played a uh, pirate. In uh, Pathfinder Skull and Shackles AP, uh, Jamist Ibiru Sturk. And uh, he would have dressed himself up for Halloween as the Scarecrow. Not the Batman Scarecrow, but Christopher Sin, the, the Smuggler Scarecrow. Because that would have been right up his alley, because he was working every every angle he could. Including, including the player sold out the rest of his buddies and gave them a big negative just so I could get another bonus by taking an additional trait. A yeah, negative <laughs> trait, a drawback, so I could get a free freebie. So that was all hit. Oh boy. Mm. Did everybody did everybody answer that? I think I, we I, did. I think so. All right. Let's see. Well, the next question that we have is from uh, Casey, the adjunct GM. 
And Casey. Yeah, Casey yeah. says, I really enjoy incorporating one shots into my campaign using systems other than D&D, &D, like doing a Call of Cthulhu mystery. What game would you incorporate into your campaign for a change of pace? Honey Heist. Like, no, like, sorry, that just Honey Heist. I saw that question come up and I was like, yes. So, <laughs> The whole thing is like you're a bunch of fucking bears and you're like going through and heisting as bears. So, I mean, of course, there's going to be some like side episode where like you piss off a witch or something and she turns you into a bear and you have to steal like the, you know, steal the antidote to get the. Oh, God, sorry. I'm just having so many ideas now. Yeah. <laughs> All the ideas. Just just make everything a bear episode. Replace beach <laughs> episodes with bear episodes from now on. Like, God. For me, oh, oh I beg your pardon. All right, uh, I have three ideas pop in my head, and that's one: having all of your players play a made-up D and D analog called Paychecks and Pink Slips, where you all oh. play your characters playing you in real life to make it even more abstract and weird. Uh, a thing that we've done, which is uh, everyone plays an animal in a in the game, uh, doing an action that happens behind the scenes that the rest of your actual party doesn't see. Or um, uh, doing a one-page RPG. Making one of those out of the blue that just you only have like a couple of stats and then you go and just whack and smash your way through things. That's what I thought of. What I was thinking of was actually using a, uh, a card game called Kung Fu Fighting. Ooh. And then, you know, you conduct your battles that your fights that way. So, you know, throw you into a different genre and then it's a complete different system. And then the, the card game has all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's an old Slugfest <laughs> games game, but it has things like umbrella and uh, spinning uh, roundhouse kick. And so you just tack those babies on there and then your defenses and all that same same kind of way. But that's what I would. I've done I... Shadowrun. No, go ahead. I've done Shadowrun. Just pulled it out of my players. Like, they wanted something different. Like, okay, everybody get out all your D6s. Here's yeah. your characters. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I, I have written one shots for existing campaigns that use like micro RPG kind of mechanics. Like you're only rolling D6s, you only have like three stats, but it, it makes it super fun for the players because then you, you're like, I get what Casey's saying because then you can like world build and they can like work that back in. Um, I wrote one for my home game um, in Vaima. And it was, the players were bodega cats, like, they were shop cats in this, like, one of the magical cities. And at night, they could leave the shop and they could talk. And there was an evil coffee wizard that it was, like, Starbucks sort of thing, to, like, gentrifying the neighborhood. <laughs> and, oh, it was goofy and silly. There was an enchanted, like, plastic milk jug ring that one of the cats had. Um, cause that was its treasure, like, was this plastic milk jug ring. 
Um, so doing silly things like that, I think make it, it not only makes like a nice palette cleanser but it also helps with like world building and it lets people kind of step outside of whatever type of character they might have you know shoehorn themselves into this time that was from the micro rpg book right the bodega cats there's bodega cats in the art the micro rpg book and then um there's also one where you're, you're cats, but you're, like, familiars, and they can teleport. Uh, I'm blanking on what it's called, though. Because you're, like, a little anime cat, and you can, like, Ooh. teleport. Like, Artemis and Luna in Sailor Moon. Oh, that sounds great, yeah, actually. I, I love that. I will think of it ten minutes after we're done tonight. I promise you that. I promise you that. <laughs> I once did a one-shot, so if this was not uh, confusing enough, um, in a group that typically played Pathfinder 1st Edition, we did a D&D 5e one-shot in the middle of it as a nightmare scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a a one-off because it was just before Halloween and two of our normal cast members couldn't make it. So we brought in a couple of people from Discount Dungeons and their DM DM'd it for us, who they normally um, play 5e. So he ran it in 5e and the rest of us took our characters and had to adapt them to 5e rule sets. And so the whole thing was like meant to be like the same town, the same setting and all of that. But it was all... Like, everything was just slightly skewed while we did this weird, like, one-off mission. Um, And the whole idea was, like, it was, like, you know, we had been knocked unconscious in the actual, like, the world that we were in. And so this was all, like, either we had been... We weren't really clear whether or not we had been teleported or if we all just sort of had this collective dream or whatever. But it was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a really neat way to do it because it was... It was, like, you could tell, like, all our characters could tell, like, something feels weird. Like, this doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And, you know, kind of like it does in a dream. But, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna, you guys, all of your one-shots were nice and fun-loving. Mine was because my players were dicks and kept saying, we want to get back to playing Shadowrun. We get, and I just got off four years of streaming Shadowrun, so I needed a break. I was like, all right, we're going to play Shadowrun. Here are your characters built for it. There you go. <laughs> and I told him, this is canon in our world, too. <laughs> That's amazing. I've actually never played Shadowrun. It's all on my list of things that I would like to try, but I have not actually done it yet. Uh, uh, 4E or 6E, I've, I would avoid 5E just because the character generation on it. Mm. You'll spend more time trying to learn what skill does what than you're actually going to spend playing the game. <laughs> oh wow! I, Good to I know. Don't even go that um, that far. I uh, second ed is where I capped my shadow run for I enjoy that real well when I was there. If you play forty, uh, you'll need a lot of d six. I once had to roll seventy six d sixes. Oh my gosh! For an attack. Yes. 
There's got to be a song about that, right? Seventy sixty six is from yeah. Mortal Attack. I mean, <laughs> oh gosh, those all sound fun. Um, Rabbit and I got to do a short, like a, a game in a short series as part of uh, like a lawful great kind of spinoff, and where we used the quest system, which was really fun too. Um, that was a nice, easy system to use for stuff like that because you don't have to memorize a lot. It's a D20. That's pretty much it. You have a set number of hit points. You have a set number of points you can spend. Um, yeah, so that was that was good. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. And that's where Ben got his entire hard, uh, his, his super hard mechanic of uh, choosing between two terrible options, even in this game that we're playing currently. Which the is so great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, that's I, one mechanic that I really enjoyed about Quest and I think should be in more games. <laughs> I was in a like a short series, um, like a D&D like four shot um, fairly recently, where in the last episode to fight the big bad, um, our, um, our DM used the like flashbacks uh, mechanic from Blades in the Dark or Forge in the Dark, where in order to prep like fully, you know, so that we could be you know, better attuned to being able to beat this big, essentially eldritch god, you know, we were able to go back and be like, actually, hold on, let's flash back to this moment where my character decided to, you know, prep poisoning some darts and have them hidden in their boots and let's go ahead and role play this like flashback so that we can go back and use those poison darts to kill the oh it was so great it was it was a great moment actually and i'm really looking forward to like playing more forge in the dark games so that we can continue to use that um mechanic it's mm. a lot of fun mm. it's a little bit of cheating but mm. whatever it's only cheating if the gm says the table say hey this isn't fun anymore yeah that's exactly <laughs> rule of cool always wins mm. Hell yeah, the rule of cool should always win. Hot take of the night. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like... Uh, I'm, I'm... The longer that I've played, the more I lean towards rule of cool stuff. Like, when I was first learning how to play, I was more like, no, these are the rules and this is how things work. And now that I kind of have a better sense of it, yeah. <laughs> my first GM taught me the rule of cool because I was I started playing with my dad when I was a kid, so I would I had the book right in my lap. Yeah, like, but the book says this, and my dad would just look at me. I can ground you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. That's absolutely one way to do it. Hey, whatever works. No allowance for you if you don't play this game the way I want you to. <laughs> I mean, is that really rule of cool, though? <laughs> uh, all right. Pope Michael had a question. If you could play with anyone in history at the table in your party, who would it be and what class would they play? Theodore Roosevelt, and he'd play a barbarian. Oh, that's a good. That is answer. a good one. It's a good answer. 
I had an answer, and that was so good, Rabbit. You knocked it right out of my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that that wins the uh, question, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, we might be stuck on this for the rest of the the rest of the night. <laughs> literally, I had an answer, and that like knocked it right out of my head. That's an outstanding answer for sure. I uh, I have always been impressed with uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. One of his uh, quotes is that imagination rules the world. And uh, I, that's who I would pick. I'd pick Napoleon. Now, as for his class, uh, I think he'd play a wizard. Uh, just based on everything that he did uh, and a lot of stuff with the Napoleonic codes, it seems like that was hiding back there, that sort of, I do this, 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 and get this result kind of thing. So that's where I'd go. I definitely just had this pop into my head. Uh, so at first I was like, well, it's not very funny or anything, but I would play with Marie Curie and she'd be a healer. But then, then I said, no, I would play with <laughs> Freddie Mercury and he would be a bard. Oh, there you yes. go. There you go. There it is. I'm looking through the Monster of the Week playbooks because I, my thought is Dolly Parton me dolly parton sorry i just dropped the frame that she's in but dolly <laughs> parton of course i would play with her but um i i feel like she wouldn't play D and feel like she'd be really good at monster of the week just because there is a little bit more like creativity and like space to really play and be creative and that's just my queen but i can't place which playbook she would be <laughs> i that's where i'm i that's where i'm struggling so uh, pause. <laughs> I'm literally pulling up the Monster of the Week like PDFs right now, but my MacBook doesn't want me to have them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh no, she would be the chosen. Absolutely, she would be the chosen. Uh, <laughs> as soon as the PDF opened, I was like, oh wait, no, yeah, no, of course she's the chosen. She is the chosen one. Look at this woman. Nicola the Druid says uh, Dolly would be the divine playbook. <laughs> that was also a really really good one that's also a really good one I'm just thinking your birth was prophesied yes it was you are the chosen one and your abilities with your abilities you can save the world and if you fail all will be destroyed it all rests on you only you thank you for the Moderna shot Dolly I appreciate it <laughs> I would play with Miyamoto Musashi he would play a uh, martial monk the reason is this, uh, he was a ronin in Japan who, when he found out a, a warlord was going to take over a small town, he just sat in the middle of town with both of his swords, half on chi, drinking a cup of tea. Hmm. He intimidated an entire army to just say, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that would be... Yeah, I could definitely see that. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a tough question though, because I'm like, but I would also really want to play with this person. Okay, and also yeah. really want to play. <laughs> I want I want to play specifically the Curse of Strahd with Vlad Tepish and see what he thinks about like what happened with like mm. his legend. Oh, that's fascinating. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. Mm. 
Just also, I really like his mustache, and that feels like a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he would enjoy, you know, playing Strahd? I'm listening. Thank I just you, also I think. Oh, I think I think Vlad the Impaler fucks. Like I think that he would love it. Yeah. I think he would be down. When he starts critiquing the book, going, I wouldn't have done that. I would have definitely murdered all of these people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's when you'd like you get your copy of the book back and it's all just like crossed out and annotations in the margins. And <laughs> but it's in like ancient Croatian. Right. Like, I can't understand it. Like you have to get you have to go to the Library of Congress to get your book translated for you. <laughs> God damn the Cyrillic alphabet. <laughs> Just send it to me. I can run down to the Library of Congress every so Yeah, and then we'd never get the book back. <laughs> I mean, if it gets taken into the archives, you know, next to the Declaration of Independence, that's fine. We'll just have to hire Nick Cage for it. So Ooh, Nick Cage would be a good one, actually. <laughs> Nick Cage would be a great person to play D and D with. Nick that's Cage a good answer just, too. He could play every single class. I was like, what class yeah. would he play? And the answer is yes. Every. <laughs> He's just like the avatar of of more. <laughs> that reminds me of the Ryan Mossbarger uh, one page RPG where it's just everybody playing a version of Nick Cage from one of the Nick Cage movies, oh God, yeah. playing one of his characters randomly as himself, having a Nick Cage day. <laughs> Oh, Listen, I, I believe that Nicolas Cage is a vampire because there's that picture of that dude from like 1850-something that looks just like Nicolas Cage. That's right, yeah. He doesn't seem to age any from any of his movies. He really doesn't. Like, he looks pretty much the same. He looked the same in Ghost Rider as he did in Gone in 60 Seconds. You know, yesterday, don't judge me for this. I I needed some me time. Oh, we're going to judge. I watched Con Air. Uh, oh, no. We're definitely oh, judging no. you now. <laughs> but like, but like, I had the same thought that I was like, wait, like this was little baby Nicolas Cage, and he does not look any different. Go further back. Him and Moonstruck with Cher. Oh, oh God. my God. Oh. Infant. Infant. Uh, Michael saying in chat that Nick Cage and cutting words would be fantastic. Yeah, I agree. That that's next level. Oh, he was great in Color Out of Space. I hated Color Out of Space just because I hate like Eldritch things like that, but but he his performance is great. I was just very uncomfortable by like the body horror. Yeah. I went to see Color Out of Space without knowing that it was like a retelling of um, oh, no. Lovecraft. And so my husband was like, Hey, do you want to see this Nick Cage movie? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Oh no. Gemma would murder me. <laughs> That, that would just, you just see a pet message on uh, the Hope for TTRPG server. Callan is now dead for pulling this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be dead, they to be declared dead, they have to find a body. You would be presumed missing. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness.
Uh, Bailey, uh, going back to your, uh, your treats redemption, I, I have Molly sitting on my desk here right now eating cat treats, so just <laughs> FYI. Cool. Um, yeah, she'll pop her head up in just a minute, because she literally just scarfed down all of them. Um, all right, let's see, let's move on to the next question. I gotta reach around my cat, hold on. Uh, let's see, okay, this one comes from Dungeon oh, Matter, no. so Matt would like to know, what three qualities make a TTRPG session good for you? Good, good roleplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good party, like, everyone has to vibe really well together. And no one throwing their dice across the room. Well, that's it. Now you've asked too much of me and I have to leave. By accident, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I, I roll in a dice tray and my dice will still bounce out of it and roll across the room mid-game. I'm like, all right, now I gotta go get the die. I show this off every so often uh, on stream. I literally have a dice catapult. Amazing. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. Uh, it's, if anyone's interested, it's from Elderwood Academy. They're seven bucks. They're super inexpensive. And uh, it's all flat pack. And you just, you know, like put a rubber band on it. And then poo, they also work really, really well for mini marshmallows. <laughs> oh, that's Oh, inspired. no, I don't know anything about that. No, mm -mm. no. Oh, I bet it would work really well for cat treats, too. I was just going to say that. It probably would, except for that all my cat treats are, like, tiny, and there's a little hole mm -hmm. in the in the space where the die sits, so um, they would fall right through it. I feel like Molly would be offended. She would be like, woman, I do not chase treats. Yeah. You hand them to me. It's like true. The she's queen that I am. She's 16 now. She doesn't chase anything anymore. Oh my god, I just opened, so I just, uh, Pope Michael, I saw your treats for kitties. I just saw that, and, uh, I opened the drawer, and she just walked straight across my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I could go get Obi's treats and, like, shake it, but I would have to, like, leave camera for, like, two seconds. But I do want to give my cat a treat. He has been a good boy today. Yeah, Molly <laughs> is very happy right now with all these treats, so it's all good. All good. Um, okay, so back to the, oops, sorry, kidding, uh, back to the question at hand. So, uh, the three things, the three qualities that make us TTRPG session good for you. Ben in chat said, uh, said snacks, beer, and pets. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what he, he suggests. Uh, you can't do it when you're recording though. You can't have snacks. It's we found true. that no. way. No, you can't do that. Uh. Beer, yes. Yeah. Beer, yes. Otherwise, you got to keep muting your mic. Yeah. Definitely the people you're with, your friends, family, uh, strangers off the street, whatever it is. That's the uh, that to me is one of the big compositions. Uh, secondly, you know you have to you have to have fun. And uh, you know I, I understand not throwing dice, but I'm okay with dice being thrown. I mean, it's not a really good session unless you're throwing dice at people. Because, you know, if you're with your friends, they smarted off and deserved it. And I sure as heck would not want to feel restricted from letting my friends have it. I mean, I've, I've done that with my friends where I've just whipped a dice at them from the kitchen one day. 
that's when you get the pointy d4s and you just throw them across the floor especially if you get a clear one <laughs> oh caltrops are, cal are legit mm -hmm. that'll teach a dm a lesson <laughs> Uh, Pope Michael in chat just said, vibing people, a safe space, and a good story. So, yeah, that's a good I answer, too. That. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, vibing people, I was going to say, like, the ability to say yes and um, is, is like, my number one. Just, you know, whenever people, I'm sorry, every siren is going off outside my block right now. Um, but what did yeah, you the ability do? I don't know. I think I finally got caught, you know, my oh, communist plot. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, I think the ability to like hear somebody's like harebrained idea and say, actually, yeah, let's build off of that because it makes it for a better story. So that's, I mean, I, I beer and cat. Yeah, definitely other things that I would like at my table. But most of most of all that like improv instinct is very important. I think for me, I would say, um, well, I think for me, kind of the, the group vibe and the safe space kind of go hand in hand for me. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm playing with people that I'm really comfortable with, both of those things happen at the same time. Um, and I think just fun, like being able to have fun, whether and, and whether or not that's like, silly fun or just as long as everybody's having fun playing the game you know however it's going um you know you don't want to have some people playing a silly game and other people playing a really serious game because that's not going to work very well right and snacks <laughs> i'll own that Preferably from critical hit cookies yeah <laughs> Use code Luna10 for 10% off your order. <laughs> oh, what a concept. But I didn't even think about snacks because normally when I play, it's later in the day. And I'm mm. like, All right, I've already had snacks. I've already had food. And when I played with my old party, half the time we were at a bar. So <laughs> we, we didn't really have snacks. We just had a plate full of food in front of us. My GM screen and... I said screw up to books because with homebrew campaign. Oh yeah. As long as, it, as long as the pictures of beer kept coming, we were fine. <laughs> I mean, bar snacks are absolutely absolutely a thing. Just we got eggplant. Oh, you know. Sorry, I just had like six thoughts at once, and I was very excited about. I'm <laughs> For me, the most important or what makes like walking away from a session like a great session is when you feel like everybody has had their time to shine mm -hmm. um and not just the players but the dm too that they had mm -hmm. opportunity like everyone had opportunity in the game to like be showcased uh i agree with amber the like yes anding and being able to piggyback off other people is huge and the other thing for me is being able to play with people who begin to care more about the story and less about the rules and the mechanics. And if you're with a group that does play that way, it's going to be such a rich, rewarding experience 
that like breaking the rules a little bit here and there isn't going to matter to you quite so much. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. That is the... You just explain how to perfectly play a TTRPG and be a good GM. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. This will probably be the last question we'll have time for before the break. So I will throw this out. Uh, 34th Gingerbread would like to know, what mechanic have you seen players struggle with the most? And Grapple. <laughs> Regardless of the system, it's always grapple. <laughs> Tui had a really good grapple mechanic, but it was also Thacko-based, so... <laughs> See, I don't mind the Pathfinder uh, grapple mechanic myself. It, it's after you know that it's just like a, a minus five here or there, that it's really easy. I don't like 5e personally. That's just me. I've, I've noticed it in 5e, uh, aside from grapple, one thing that a lot of my players have a problem with is the climb mechanic. Uh, <laughs> like you throw, you throw the rope up, and the rope is 20 feet, your movement speed is currently 15 feet, you got to have to hold on to that and make an additional check. I typically take that out of my games, but I play with a few role lawyers who demand that they do it. I'm like, okay, when you fall. <laughs> Just do be what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have found especially new players really struggle with the way that a healing potion works. Um, because, like, you have to use an action unless you have something special that allows you to take it as a bonus action. You have to use an action to take a healing potion, and then you have to roll to see how many points of healing you get back. So, in my game... What I do is if you use a bone, you can use a bonus action to take a health potion, but then you have to roll to see how many points of health you get back. But if you take the action to take the health potion, you get the max hit points that you could get from that particular type of potion. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's all about making choices. And, you know, how much your economy of motion is important to you. But uh, it, it it's made it easier. <laughs> it's definitely made it easier. I Yeah, and, and it really does, like, the idea of, like, no, you need to, to, like, heal yourself and rest and not just grind. Oh, I love that. That's... Sorry, I'm, like, shocked at how good that is. Like... <laughs> Shocked is the bad a bad word, but you know what I mean. I'm just like, oh wow, my mind has been blown. <laughs> Shocked and amazed. <laughs> I guess the thing, like, I still struggle with this too. But and and I play spellcasters, so what the fuck is wrong with me? I <laughs> I still struggle with like when, <laughs> how many spell slots you get back on a long rest and a mm. short rest and everything, and I kind of rely on like. I rely on D&D Beyond to fix that for me, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's just, 
yeah, no, I, I think I should invest in like a spell slot counter, but I also play D and D so infrequently now that like now that I'm playing other systems more and that don't require spell slots to use magic as frequently, it's just like okay, God, I need to dig through my giant dice bag of a brain and figure out like what this is <laughs> and what I'm doing. <laughs> So, um, thanks D&D Beyond for breaking me. Really appreciate you. Would love a sponsorship. So, <laughs> uh, just to get back at, uh, at, uh, Screamer A340, uh, that's also TT Benjamin. Uh, he, uh, called me out for saying that grappling's easy because I used a flow chart. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, you have a flowchart for grappling? There is multiple flowcharts for grappling in Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Mm -hmm. But they're really easy to follow. I don't mind it. But uh, to, to go ahead and go back, because he uh, insists that it's the easiest thing, playing a spellcaster in Pathfinder is hard. I always found just spellcasting in general super hard, and I'm finally playing a spellcaster in, uh, in another campaign. And it's... It's out there for me I, I, <laughs> uh, or uh in the or with theo a brawler i i've never played a spellcaster and it's just nuts yeah those are all uh those are all things that people will struggle with um i don't run games anymore uh pretty much uh so as far as me having panic that, that people struggle with that uh, I've seen. I haven't seen anything recently uh, that anyone struggled with. Um, and of course, the ones that would stick out to me as the biggest possibilities, uh, you know, grappling, because I play a lot of Pathfinder, and then spellcasting, just in general, has a bunch of extra rules you got to pay attention to. Uh, you know, you guys have already covered them. So They're, I'm going to sit quietly and wave. <laughs> when I saw on Twitter uh, the other day a, a thread I was following, just somebody asked that same question, and the one that kept coming up was uh, not just spell slots, but also spell levels. Mm. Confused a lot of people, and a lot of people were like, "Thank you, D and D Beyond, like you did, Amber." And I'm like, I remember when I first played a caster, I did what I did in two E for Thacko. I made a sliding rule, I made a slide rule, mm. like on this level, so I get this level spell with this many spell slots. A slide rule is an ancient device. It was used by the very last dinosaurs to walk on the earth. And it was a stick with a stick in it. So it kind of slid like this. And you'd line it up. These ancient dinosaurs would line it up and it would answer questions for them. It was wow. So it was a form of yeah. divination, is what you're saying. So basically, it was like a stick version, but you know, it was like a, I don't know, a real primitive computer, maybe. It was like a stick version of the magic eight ball. Yeah, yeah there you go. kind of. It's a magic eight ball. There you go. That's that's exactly what it is. Every Very time good. I think I'm. Every time I think, oh my god, yeah, I'm super old. I'm 30, and then then I hear things like a slide roll, and I'm like, I I've heard of that word before, but I don't know what that does. So thank you. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicola in chat, Nicola the Druid, to throw in more spellcasting confusion, I created a sorcerer that uses spell points instead of spell slots. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, there's that build where you can do the the warlock wizard, the coffee lock wizard, <laughs> where you just keep switching off spell points and and magic points, and you don't have to sleep, and it's it's insane, it's crazy, it's busted, it's very busted. <laughs> Um, psychics from 3.5 use, use spell points and somehow it was more confusing. Yeah. Uh -huh. I actually, uh, semi-related, but, uh, are you guys familiar with spoon, the spoon theory? Like you have so yeah. many spoons to get yeah. through the day. Um, mm -hmm. so in my head, instead of referring to them as spoons, I refer to them as my spell slots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Actually, I, <laughs> I wrote a game based on that concept. Nice. Um, well, with my partner, with my partner who's in chat. Hi, Seth. Um, so we wrote a game based on that concept um, last, like this time last year, called um, Low Spell Slots it, because we struggle with, you know, mental health and physical health issues. Like I have very, very bad chronic health issues, and um, it's just a simple D6 based system. I can drop it in chat, but um, yeah, you roll a D6 if you're feeling like you need to do something, but you need some kind of motivation and like you do whatever the D6 says. Like one of them is just like, take a bath. The other is like, make a cup of tea, like do a yoga video, you know, it just create something so that you can feel like you're doing something little, even though you're out of spell slots, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, Really, yeah. No, I that, I feel you entirely. Yeah. Thanks, Seth, for for doing that, bud. You're the best. Love you, man. Like I said on Twitter earlier, if you're out of spell slots, don't push yourself. You will you will do what I did and be burnt out for like a week trying to do stuff still because you didn't take five minutes to say I need to just sit down and take a break. Jesus Christ. Y'all, I did not come here to be called out like this. I did not come here to be called out like this. All right. Well, we are at uh, a good time to pause and take a break. So we're going to um, we're going to do that. We're going to step away for just a couple of minutes, uh, give everybody a chance to refill drinks and uh, and all that stuff. So we'll be back in just a little bit. And we've got a few more questions. But if you think of anything while we're on break, feel free to drop those in chat. We'll have moderators. Moderators are standing by and um, and we'll uh, make sure that we get your questions so we can get to them after the break. And we will see you in just a few minutes.
we're back from our break. I uh, want to do a special shout out. Uh, Grace Sentinel in chat is our good friend, Kai Ellen, who did all the music that you were hearing during the break time. So that's very exciting. Um, if you are not following Kai Ellen on, uh, on Twitter and YouTube and Patreon, uh, get on that because you get first look at all of his music on this Patreon. And... Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so definitely, definitely give him a give him a, a look, uh, a look see. He's done a bunch of great work um, for a lot of people in the community. So yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna dive back in with a question that we got uh, actually from Ben Screamer A four forty. What is your favorite? Uh, I'm I'm gonna assume a favorite thing. There's a missing word in there. Um, what is your favorite about yourself as GM or player? Don't be shy. Brag yourself up. Ben, you are a baby. You are the sweetest thing with breath in your body. My goodness. Let's just make this a Ben stand cast. It makes him very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have no idea. I love, he says no. <laughs> I I love teaching people like new systems, new games. I I have I have a collection, twelve hundred different TTRPGs that I've yet to play all of them. So I will learn them, make notes about them, keep my own little file. And if somebody wants to learn it, like yeah, let me teach you. So he was in a uh -huh. uh, Discord for years where. They, there are a lot of people who were like, I only ever played D&D. I want to learn something new. So every weekend after I had to do my daily work stuff, I would get up, get a Discord call going, about eight or six, six to eight people and teach them a new game. Because that made me happy that they're able to learn my passion. Yeah, that's nice. I was going to say something like similar, except I don't have a wide repertoire like you do and i don't have the years of experience you do i'm just a nerd that likes that just likes teaching people so i actually think i'm not that great of a player i don't i know i'm not a gm but i i do love sitting down and like seeing that moment of like someone getting the the way the system works that i mean like i was teaching dnd &D to my brother over the summer and like the moment he understood like how initiative and like how how combat works he was just like oh yeah no it's it's similar to like whatever video game or whatever that's popular with teens now but you know he you know he with the youngins <laughs> what the youths are playing <laughs> the youths <laughs> the infants um <laughs> yeah so so like it's you know seeing that like light of oh yeah i got it uh, in his eyes when you know, over Zoom because unfortunately, pandemic still rages on. It was, it was still, yeah, it was, it was a great moment. So, love teaching. I'm very bad at playing and GMing. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I tricked, I tricked all of y'all into thinking I'm good at this, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at this stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm good at like getting people and like. And this is true in like my actual real life, like my job and everything too. Um, this is kind of where I excel is like meeting people, finding people, bringing them together. And then after the fact being like, oh, you know what? 
Like, I know somebody that's looking for a person that can do exactly what you do. And then, like, getting the two of them together and being like, here, you have a problem. You guys get together and now you can fix it. So <laughs> you're a Leo. You're a Leo. That's I am really a Leo. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Leo rising. So I'm very good at that as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost Leo Virgo cusp, but I'm still technically a Leo. I think I would say the thing that I'm most I'm proudest of if I had to choose and playing and GMing two different two different things in my mind um, but I took a group of players through two paranoia sites and uh, I wanted to make this as legitimately you know engrossing as possible and i don't know if you guys know paranoia but in the system there is alpha complex and alpha complex is run by an ai that wants to take care of you and think of it as uh, i don't know let's see uh, a dark dark humorous misery type of take care of you, right <laughs> and you as a player are thinking, hey, I want to stay out of trouble in this. I don't want to get it to. Well, you've got to belong to a secret society, which is treasonous. You have to be a mutant, which is treasonous. And, you know, all this stuff, everything you do is treasonous. So what I did to them is I created some uh, requisition forms to start the uh, session. And so they had to requisition gear. And I laid this all out. And, oh, and I also played background music. So we had six hours. Uh, the first session was hamster dance. And I turned it to that volume where you can just hear it. But like if you get interested in something, your brain will shut it out. But it's always there. So the second you lose interest, the second you're distracted slightly, boom, there it is going off. The second session was Barbie Girl. But it was six straight hours of that at that volume in the background. And this is because Alpha Complex knows, because there had been study, that people are happier when they hear music. So I did that to them. I had the requisition forms. And then, of course, the requisition form, I hand them all out to them. And I go, all right, you've got 30 seconds to fill this baby in. Make sure you get all you need. <laughs> Which, of course, again, is all about, you know, that's all part of the paranoia thing. Is you, you take these normal things and then you have them messed up somehow, changed in some way. But uh, they, uh, they were loving that so much. And I even had, we even lost 15 minutes because one guy was just laughing so hard that he just could not do his part. And we had to wait for him to do his part because he was playing the robot they were supposed to be fixing and reprogramming, you know, because it had treasonously broken down. And the, you know, the computer, Alpha Complex, wanted it fixed and wanted that treason stopped. And so, you know, 15 minutes of him dying and just laughing hysterically and unable to do, you know, his little bit. So it was just good times, good times. Oh, and, and I also made them so we could, with the second session, I did away with the combat. Everybody had to bring a Nerf gun. So when you wanted to fire your laser at someone, you actually had to shoot them with the Nerf gun. <laughs> Top notch there. I am, I am all for that kind of thing. Um, I'm gonna brag on Rabbit a little bit because he's not gonna talk nice about himself. Um, he is a fairly new DM and has such a good grasp on how to ride that line between 
running the story and participating in the story. And there's never a point where we have felt like it's us against the DM. Um, and that being said, like the storyline we're playing is like really gritty and like the character I play is really gritty and I've made some like really bold like balls out choices and I really <laughs> respect that at no point was Rabbit like are you sure because I, I hate that like I, I don't <laughs> I don't love that and like let me got my, my ass kicked but it all turned out okay so like <laughs> I, I really appreciate a DM that will and like when we're getting a little too far afield or we miss something he's so good at just putting like this tiny little thing that if you're not paying attention you're not gonna get it but like giving you this little like um i don't know like a little wisp of something to help lead us in the right direction and you're so good at it and you do it so well you're such an excellent dm I'm all right, really. Uh, you know, <laughs> actually, the the entire crew of, of that game of Telluride is absolutely fantastic to work with, and it makes it so easy. And uh, and like Ray takes charge uh, as her character, having to be kind of the the kind of heavy leader of the group, uh, makes it super easy. The the only thing. I need to do is present choices and everyone runs with it and it's fantastic. And now I don't need to brag about myself because other people bragged about me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have you have learned in your 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 time playing what it took most GMs I've met decades to learn how to do, including myself. <laughs> oh. It took me took me fifteen years of running games to figure out that trick. <laughs> See, it took me uh, uh, being one of uh, Ben's character, uh, one of Ben's players for about five. So, oh, hang on, how long have we been uh, playing games, Ben? About ten years. Yeah, oh like being, uh, uh, being your player for ten years to learn by osmosis how how good of a DM uh, Ben is. So, shout out to Ben. That's what you get for making me brag about myself, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> And we've come full circle. We're back to talking about how awesome Ben is. <laughs> Don't call Ben by giving him love. Dang it. You'll yeah. take this love. <laughs> need, that, uh, need that ostrich gift. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. Please no. <laughs> Please don't say nice things. Ben, I don't know you, but I hope you're having a great day. <laughs> ben is baby Ben is the sweetest human being on the planet and like he one day he's like we were talking about something and he's like well my wife said she likes women that scare her and men that don't and that's why like she's married to Ben and that makes that, that makes all the sense in the world like he's he he's like he's like Mr. Rogers, just like <laughs> pure and wholesome and lovely. Okay, Ben, I'm gonna give you some positive love here. <laughs> Mr. Rogers scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I don't like the guy at all. So I got your back, buddy. <laughs> I am terrified of you because you are so nice, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there must yeah. be something dark and Cthulhu about you. So there you go. Yeah, he might nice be an eldritch say. being. I don't know. But he's very good at putting off the, the nice church boy next door vibes. He could have people in his freezer. I don't know. That's his thing. But like, he's never done it. <laughs> you know, he might. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of meat in that in the basement freezer of his. It might be human meat. Hot take. I say the same thing about Matt Mercer. I'm just like, <laughs> you're too nice. You're too nice of a dude, and you wear leather bracers. Like, <laughs> you have pets in your freezer. What what's going on? But, yeah. but I'm sure he's a very lovely gentleman with a voice that knows how to make me melt. So, <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Um, let's see. The next question that we have comes from Jim the Dim. And oh. this is a fun one. What is the most creative use of fireball you've ever seen or heard? Oh, I, I have my one player's listening. He caused a war crime. What? <laughs> war crime. Uh, there was a group of uh, uh, what we, there were a group of thugs who were smuggling illegal terrascorns, which in our oh, world no. they were flammable like certain, you know, uh, toxic gases. Well, he was trying to aim his fireball past his party, but one of them put up shield at the last second, so it redirected the fireball into the crates. Oh, no. <laughs> and the funny thing is the two people who were trying to apprehend the smugglers were both guards. Oh, boy. So they got blamed for it. He got off scot-free. And he asked me after the session, are you sure I'm not, I'm not chaotic evil? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you guys got banned from Chult for war crimes, so... Uh, my favorite use of fireball uh, comes from a player that both me and Ben know. It's our, uh, our friend Ian, who's now moved all the way to California. But he created a character called the Sparrowcaster. It was the gestalt wild-shaped druid and wizard. Wild mm -hmm. shapes into a sparrow and then casts fireball all the time while being insane <laughs> hard to hit. <laughs> That was absolutely, and then the, it got really crazy. He could do it quickened, <laughs> it, and could enlarge it. it. It was just imagine a sparrow flying through an army, lighting it on fire. That that character could do everything. I am now in love with this character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and back to war crimes. My current character is uh, playing a conjurer, so <laughs> I have creep and cloud kill. So, uh, that's a war crime. <laughs> I think I've been playing D&D &D wrong for the past, like, ten years. Because I've never used Fireball. Same. I've, I've never I, played a spellcaster. I don't play casters, so I've never used it. <laughs> I play Whoa. casters, and I don't use Fireball. Because, like, I just... It's so hard. I mean, I, I usually play, like, more, like woo considerate like care considerate characters that like wouldn't want to cause mass destruction on that kind of level so like fireball <laughs> while great if you want to get an initiative over easily you know wouldn't make sense for that character to like launch so maybe 
And I mean, the only character I've ever played that like would actually do fireball would be Tommy Wiseau, but like he's a wild magic barbarian, so no fireball there. He's just bonking things. So I kind of wish my character in Orbital Blues had fireball. Every problem would have been solved by fireball at this point. <laughs> You're not wrong, guys. Fireball. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bonnie would have lit everyone and everything on fire. <laughs> I've never played a morally gray character before, and like I got a taste of power, and it has definitely gone to my head. Violence has like become my first answer, and I love it. I think I've hit more people than anybody else, right? Like, everybody else has guns, and I just beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> uh, you had the first attack of the entire game, and that was to uh, punch a fixer in the face. That's right. HMA. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if that was Fireball. Everybody in that room would have been killed. Dead. Yep. Very different story. <laughs> yeah. Consider this. <laughs> Make a very interesting storyline, Rabbit. <laughs> 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 I kind of want to force you all to play D&D &D in the game now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. My player in the chat reminded me of, he once set an entire army on fire with raw sewage using fireball. What? Huh? The town well, under siege. First you apply they... the sewage, then you apply the fire, and then boom. <laughs> Methane, boom. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's kind of like Circle of the Blue uh, Flame, except everybody gets to care. <laughs> <laughs> they they have been kicked out. The, the, their campaign, they were kicked out of more towns and countries. Because I said, go, go wild. You know, tell me what this town looks like. Tell me what happens when this happens. Yikes. Yeah, fire, <laughs> fireball for me all come back to AT&T um, going way back um, because that's when fireballs uh, and I may get this wrong, but they had pressure but no force. So you could like close the door and as long as the fireball didn't burn through the door, it would hold and then send redirect it in other direction. So you fire a fireball which was I want to say it was like a 30-foot thingy, 30-foot diameter sphere or something like that, 30-foot radius, I forget what they did. But it was that sphere. It's a big, fiery ball. Well, you can find it. So what you could do is you could fumigate a dungeon because you open a door, throw it, close the door, and suddenly flames go down the tunnels for a long distance before they burn out. Open door? Oh, hey! Just smoke that. So I've, you know, we've cleared a few dungeons that way. <laughs> the, the easy way, way of clearing out the dungeon. It is the easy way. The, the only thing that stopped us in when it, we did the only thing that stopped us was the game master stopped putting coins in there, magic items, or much fewer magic items. Changed it to like a tapestry worth thousands of gold, oh, far no. more than we collect. Because oh, then we no. burn that get up. Coins would melt, and we could turn back into coins. See? So that was not really a, a hindrance. But, you know, scrolls, they go up. So a mm -hmm. lot more scrolls, spell books, all that kind of stuff. 
You know, when we're walking through the ashes going, where the hell's the loot for this place? You burned oh. it. <laughs> oh. No. That's just me. <laughs> Think twice before you fireball. <laughs> or wait, hold on. What is it? Like, only you can prevent dungeon fires? Yeah, yeah. there you go. That needs to be a shirt now. <laughs> Think twice, fire once. <laughs> We're all having a ball. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Someone get Kata and Matt from Dungeon Glitch on this right now. And right? Let's go. <laughs> I was like, I think I know what my next merch is going to be. <laughs> Code, Luna for Code Luna 15 for 15% off. That's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, let's see. We have... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig back for another question. Um... So this is something that comes up now and then, and I always love to talk about it because everybody always inevitably somewhere in their TTRPG history has this. What is a moment in a game that you've played that has made you emotional, whether really, really good emotions or like super sad or like just made you really like feel something in the context of your character? Well, I was playing a, a wonderful lad named Will Grousebaum. And we were in a, a campaign where it was after the golden age of magic type thing. So there was a lot of things that were failing and whatnot because the world was collapsing. Or our part of the world was collapsing. We, one point, go up to a city and they've got some priests staked out on crosses uh just your standard x not the, the you know t-shaped one and the reason they have them there is because they're priests of the mother and they are non-violent in fact they project an aura of non-violence and unfortunately whole party all of us players got talking and talking and talking and we talked ourselves out of walking up and taking them off the crosses and getting the hell out of them because we thought we couldn't do it because we thought that would be a violent act. Well, needless to say, that didn't go well for the priest. But this came to like real fruition later because we're in a battle and we're facing undead. And the priests that were on the crosses are now mummies. And as we did the battle, each of us had a different section and kind of had our moment where we were dealing with stuff in the deal. But mine was... I had to face this mummy and then another elemental. And it was for me, I looked at him and I said, the mother forgives you and bade you come home. And of course, then, you know, I get my ass dude because the game master had been sitting there quietly for many sessions from when we did this to now to actually reveal you left me on the stage. You left me, you know, just, and I was like, the realization hit me that we had talked ourselves out of this and screwed up and screwed up bad because, you know, not only are we undead army, but, you know, all this stuff, which they would they were against and all that and would have been excellent allies, blah, blah. But now we've turned them into the very thing they hate. And I had to cut that sucker down. 
and what should have been like super glorious. I'm all excited about it. It was just more like, oh, thank God I fixed that mistake. You know, and 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 a real letdown because it wasn't the the you know the big uh, you know the big win, if you will. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I was glad I won and all that, but you know, still, it's just that was the thing that got me. It made it very uh, bittersweet's not right, but that that sort of thing. The entirety of the Edema arc. Of oh, yeah. That I can was, see that. <laughs> that was that was rough. That was literally you, you take a a bunch of teenagers and shove them into the most awful situation imaginable in the worst place on the planet, and watch them slowly just go from from just being uh, you know young kids just trying to figure out a way to get home to becoming just a grizzled bunch of people that are sick of everything and just go you know let's just kill everybody and it's not a problem anymore it was it was a hell of a turn mm-hmm. i recommend you listen to it it's it's great it's awful but it's great so drop the link hmm? drop the link drop the link it's an entire arc <laughs> <laughs> drop the link to the podcast or the whatever so we can listen to it you can find lawful great adventures wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> <laughs> i'm just here to help people plug their shit says, thank you <laughs> i did it at the top i forget in the middle <laughs> but uh yeah it's i i talk about it all the time it's like uh it's uh, the their that whole their whole start to finish like was just an amazing ride and uh i I was i jokingly said in chat for whoever saw it um i my kiddo was uh, is actually a big fan of the podcast as well (laughs) and so i i told her tonight i said hey guess what i have uh i have theo on on tales from the tavern tonight she's like because <gasps> theo is her favorite oh. so <laughs> she actually I'm... i don't know if anybody saw her sneak in but she actually snuck in just so she could like actually see him on camera and then she ducked back out again i did notice her dancing there by your uh, door yeah <laughs> I just think it's so nice to have fans. We <laughs> <laughs> love you, Rabbit. Let me go ahead and follow y'all. I don't think, yeah, no, I wasn't following y'all, so yay. <laughs> I, I think my most emotional moment in TTRPGs was when my first campaign ended, just because of how the GM did it. We gave all of our characters, wrote us all out these epilogues. Uh, my character had actually died at the very end of the campaign and the, oh. the guy just he did it he did it with such panaz and flair as he, he put down his pipe on its holder and he folds down his gm screen after he read everybody's epilogues and just puts the screen down puts his fingers up and that adventures is where your tails end and i was like it was me a bunch of marines sitting at a table it's like not gonna cry not gonna cry <laughs> yeah i tend i tend to dig a little more emotional um i play a little more emotional because mm-hmm. it's just 
I think it's the easy way out to play characters that don't emote or don't have like a you know not a tragic background but like a complicated background mm -hmm. so i tend to play things that have more like nuance in them mm -hmm. and um in my home game i cried and it was a conversation between a tiny little tabaxi the size of a house cat and a an a awakened oh. raccoon <laughs> and it was like, yeah, is uh, her name is Bobble, and the she's a tabaxi illusory wizard, and she uses them to make happy little paintings like Bob Ross, <laughs> and she she uh, her best friend growing up was this awakened raccoon named Roxy, and she like found her, and it was like it, it was very emotional because like basic it was like. It got really deep because the DM's like, I never asked to be a sentient being. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because Bobble asked her mother to awaken this raccoon. And she's like, I never asked for this. And she was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, no, what have I done? And it was, it was, it was very emotional. Oh. It was very, very emotional. And then it was a session that, um, David, the Fungin Master from Good Better Quest, was in playing like the equivalent of Duff Man handing out like wild <laughs> magic beer. Like, so like, it, it very much had like, like there was, oh, wow. um, there was a wild magic table that they had to roll on. And like, you know, um, some people drink, it was called Quaff Beer. And some people drank it and like turned invisible, and like some some people drank it and like turned into a cloud of blue butterflies. Like it was, um, Nicola had a character that drank it and then smelled like rotting meat for five days. So like, <laughs> yeah. So someone took a wand of wonder and made a beer. Yeah, essentially, yes. <laughs> um, so like. That that was emotional. And then I have played characters that um, have had to make, like, difficult personal decisions. And that always hits me a little, like, yeah. a little mm -hmm. harder than you think it would. Like, giving up on a dream or changing directions or whatever. That, that always hits me relatively heavy, too. I'm I'm kind of in a similar spot as you, where like I I also tend to play characters that are a little either like completely uwu and sweet, and then have to like ultimately end up getting like tarnished somehow, or they just um you know they have some kind of like big um, you know complicated background with you know the requisite emotions that go with role playing them, but I think um. I, the last time I was on this, I talked about, um, we had a similar question where I talked about like an intervention that um, a character of mine did. But I, in reflecting, actually, the most emotional like scene I had was not even like a home game or whatever. I was playing Dead Friend with Seth, um, my, my partner who's in chat, Dorkbot5000. Um, and it was like the first time we had ever played like not D&D &D together. Um, and if you don't know dead friend it's a um like a tarot based like ritual game that um 
oh my god, that Lucian Khan wrote, uh, Lucian Khan also wrote, um, you know, Visigoths and Malgoths. But so the whole point of Dead Friend is like you have one person who is playing somebody that's alive and the other person that's playing somebody that's dead. And the whole point of the rituals, like through the game, is you're summoning that dead person to come back and like resolve something and the, the, that something is some you know whatever you build throughout the game but the first time seth and i played like it was these two children that like the the story we came up with was like these two children that or teenagers or whatever from like salem massachusetts who were in the middle of you know the um the inquisition there uh this the witch trials there and they were like being um want like they were being like questioned for being witches or whatever and one of the kids actually like got burned at the stake and there was a moment where um you know i was trying to summon seth's character back be and was successful in the ritual um but he his character had like gone to hell and this big exchange between like my character like kind of finally owning up to being the one to sell Seth's character out and him knowing that I sold his character out and um just oh my god I just remember Seth if you remember this please throw it in chat but like I I know I was crying um because it was just this big confrontation between two idiots you know (laughs) but but I mean there was this like you know moment where like the devil was involved and we were all just like just oh yeah the betrayal and the angst and you know the i loved you but also and then the myself so that's why i sold you out um you know sorry not sorry it oh god it was so draining but also like really emotionally satisfying to like get to the end of the game so it was it was it was I, I kind of want to play Dead Friend again. So that's we got to do this when you come here <laughs> next month. <laughs> I'm bringing my tarot deck. <laughs> anyway, yeah, play more play more like weird improv games like that. It's great. <laughs> Round out the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I um I had one. I I talked about it a long time ago on the stream, but um. The actual scene didn't happen on stream, even though it was a streamed game. Um, the The cast also had its own private uh, RP channel in the Discord server, so that uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the the course of the group that, like, sometimes we needed to go back and like, <laughs> and, like reprocess in the course of of um you know like figuring out what to do in the next episode or that sort of thing so um so i uh i used that as a way actually i needed to at the time i was just like i was just crazy busy i was involved in like four streams a week and working full time and single parent and you know all of that stuff and so i was like i just need to take a step back so I used that as a way for my character to make her exit from the group. And it was devastating. Um, it was uh, basically what had happened is the episode in the episode previous uh, to what to this, uh, another character's weapon 
broke or jammed or something was unusable. We were playing a um, Savage Worlds World of Darkness crossover. And so we had like, you know, a lot of us carried guns and, you know, things like that. And so my character was a werewolf, but also happened to carry uh, a nine millimeter. And, um, you know, cause sometimes she wasn't a werewolf and, uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, when she went to leave and this, and it was great cause it was super in character for her. Um, she was not big on like being a part of the group. She was not like, she never quite understood why she was there. She never felt like she fit into what, you know, was supposed to be happening. Um, and so, she uh she wrote she woke up you know everybody else in the party were vampires or changelings or something so she happened to wake up and like everybody else was either asleep or gone or whatever and she pulls out her nine millimeter and she writes a note and she walks into the the room of the person whose weapon who had had broken and which was probably the closest thing she had to a friend and she left the nine millimeter with the note on the table. And all the note said was, you can probably use this more than I can. And she packed her bags and she left. And that was it. And that mm. was how she exited. And it was like, it was devastating. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But super in character for her. But I was like in tears when I wrote it. So, um, yeah, that was really tough. <laughs> I'm just following up on chat now. <laughs> that, that is the amazing kind of RP I love about a lot of the streams I listen to. When you have that moment of, hey, this person has to leave for whatever reason. They have to leave the podcast or they have to take hiatus. And their character just has that kind of emotional out. Yeah. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is because nobody knew none of the characters knew what had happened and of course i really i hadn't talked to the rest of the cast i notified the gm and the showrunner what was going on um and so it sort of left it for them to be able to rp that out in the next stream um which was which i think was good because it was like a legitimate like they were trying to figure out what happened <laughs> um and they didn't have a whole lot of like you know, back stuff from me to kind of muddle that up. So, yeah. Um, all right. I think we can squeeze in one more question. This one comes in from Zealzaddy, and I think it's kind of a neat one to end on. So um, this question is, what do you feel you still want to experience in D&D &D that hasn't happened yet? Fireball. <laughs> I would like to get Matt Mercer on this stream. Thank you. <laughs> put that out in the universe. I'm just going to that him and and uh Mark Meir. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> See, I'm I'm team Brennan Lee Mulligan like all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Right. We should be friends. I like all of your takes. Like everything you've said tonight, I've just been like, yes, I vibe with them. <laughs> Girl, I'm right mayhem everywhere. Come find me. 
it's really hard to try to come up with something that like it has to have everything that i've ever want to have happen like in any session or any campaign or any game it has happened from uh a rabbit being shot out of a cannon and then destroying an entire spanish man of war to uh a cat who was in charge of the entirety of the guild's holdings while also being mm. rogue uh goodness uh to a swashbuckler <laughs> that uh became friends with all of the uh the three musketeers like you can do anything in D&D if you put your mind to it. That that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like I I've, I've honestly done everything I could think to do as a player and as a GM I'm always surprised when players come up with a new idea. I just want to see what my players are going to do next, honestly. <laughs> it's an I idiot. A- and I keep coming up with like stupid ideas for things. Like I want to run I want to run a campaign where everybody gets to start at like level 20, but you're geriatric. So you have to like take a hit to like, you have to take a hit to like your speed or your decks or something like that and be a bunch of like grandmas and grandpas that have like some cool abilities, but also like you don't have a climb speed. That's really <laughs> fun to do. When I used to spend years ago, we streamed that for a charity event. That's awesome. It was magical, especially when there's like you hit, you're suffering speed, but also uh, because I'm a d- disabled streamer, we I one person was in their wheelchair and they're like, "Can I use my wheelchair in the game?" Like, yeah, you're still <laughs> suffering speed, but now you can use it as a pattern ram. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, my cat has chosen finally now to come, and now I'm, he's oh. <sighs> Oberlin. Oh, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you got to use his full Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> Oberlin, come here, bud. <sighs> he's looking at me like Zeal's Addy says. Really, you've done everything. Let's see, you've had a baby, you've played a dead character's ghost, you've lived in a magic bottle, had a familiar that was spying on you, became a god, killed a god, doppelganged your entire party. There have to be things. <laughs> uh, I have killed gods. One of my characters became a god after he died. We d- <laughs> we did doppelgang the entire party, which was really fun having them fight each other because they didn't know they were going to be fighting each other when I said, hey, I need you guys to send me copies of your updated character sheets. I just want to make sure my records are up to date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's evil. Incredible. Trust issues. Like, this is why I trust nobody. That, I, I mean, don't know. I don't think I don't think we know the things that we want to do until there's an opportunity. Um, the joke yeah. is that I'm the patron saint of fuckery, so like anytime <laughs> that there is an opportunity for fuckery to to be afoot, I'm there. And <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's true. Um, so like I I like looking for the weird things that we can do in games, but at the same time. I don't have like a list of stuff that I want to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to second that. I, I think it's, there's definitely moments that I have had that are like totally memorable. And uh, 
you know, super exciting. But I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Or, you know, I needed that experience until it happened. I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's, some of it is just, you, you just don't know until the, the weird thing happens. Like getting a, a true scenario here in, in Skull and Shackles. We had a uh, ship of Yomadean paladins on a crusade uh, show up to our and meet with our pirate ship. And then as I said, hey, no problem, I'll go talk to him. And our, by the way, our ship, because one of our players had done something dumb, which we still don't know exactly what that was, had put turned our ship into like a floating unholy site. So it had an unholy aura, which... You know, paladins just get to find, you know, they get to pick that up. And as I go to talk, one of the other players yells Shatner. So I'm trying to do my thing in, you know, Shatner's, you know, deal. We truly are not the ones you should attack. You know, and this whole thing. And, And absolutely hysterical. And, and I loved every minute of it, but I would not have sat down at the table and said, I want to try and, you know, from a completely evil perspective, uh, <laughs> talk down a whole boatload of paladins. And I want to do it Shatner style. If I'm not James T. Kirk on that boat, it ain't going to work. So I got to have that. There's no way I was doing that. I mean, you know, from the beginning, but having done it, it's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, I'll wait for the next the next thing that comes up. I'll be real. I've also never... I, I feel like I've had the, like, most unique and, like, least stereotypical D&D experience where I've never played a horny bard and I've never been at a table that has had a horny bard, actually. So, um, which... You're not bizarre. missing anything, trust me. Oh, I know. I okay. mean, I know, but at the same time, like, I kind of... But hear me out. I did a bard. I did a bard rogue. And it was a college of seduction bard and an assassin rogue. So she was like this like black widow femme fatale sort of thing. Nice. That was fun. That's a lot of fun. Hey, baby, come here. I've been at a table table with a horny rogue once. That was interesting. I've been at a table where our sorceress sent our cleric to bed with a succubus. I am not old enough for this talk. (laughs) This is is NC-17. (laughs) I need my parent to sign permission. (laughs) I play Fade to Black. (laughs) Uh, that was pretty much our role whenever he succeeded on his uh, charisma check. All right, guys, we're going to take a five-minute break, and we'll be back, and then we come back. And like, So, uh, need you to do me a favor. Roll a con check. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, he asked every time, where's the brothel? So. Oh, my goodness. My same rogue rabbit that... Uh... Took down an entire Spanish man of war after getting fired out of a cannon. Did create mm-hmm. a race of creature called Dwabbits. Dwabbits. It's great. They now overrun the world. 
So that is magical. It was. <laughs> cannot. I can't. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have just about hit that point of time where we are out of time for the night, but we got through all the questions. So that's exciting. Uh, we, no, I take that back. We had one that we didn't. Uh, oh, no, we did. We just got to answer it. So that was good. Um, and you did uh, skip one. You did skip one. Yes, we did skip one. <laughs> I will own that. Uh, yeah, I was not about to go down that road. Sorry, guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. -uh. You could not um, get me to answer that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember that, that, that no talk? I said, I said we were 18 plus. I never said we were NC 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that said, we are going to, uh, we're going to go back around again and we are going to, uh, have everybody again, just remind us of who you are and where we can find you on social media. And, um, we're going to go in the reverse order from when we started. So Amber, we're going to start with you. Hi everybody. My name is Amber, also known as the space jamber, the space jamber, um, as in the, um, the nineties movie with a at the end um i am a ttrpg i if i can't if i stop petting my cat he's gonna leave so i'm not i'm just gonna um, <laughs> if, um i'm a ttrpg editor playtester gm what have you um i do everything i'm the ttrpg swiss army knife baby um so i am finishing up a, a commission now and that's a gonna be that's gonna free up a lot of my editing time so if you have a game or what have you or a system or whatever need edited written um let me know we can talk um you can find me at the space chamber or the space cool is my new website so um, uh, yeah that so, for you i know i love that for me too it's pretty cool it's pretty dot cool um so yeah. also this is obi say hi obi oh hi obi yes. Um, well, thank you for coming on and hanging out again with me tonight. And um, Rabbit, we're going to go over to you next. Hey, I'm Rabbit. I play Theo Rosefield in Lawful Great Adventures. Uh, you can find that at uh, add Twitter at, eight, uh, at great underscore lawful. And uh, Lawful Great Adventures, wherever you get your podcasts. And like uh, I announced before, I have a new podcast coming out uh, through uh, LGA called Tell Your Ride. Ray's in it. Uh, the rest of the crew is currently in the chat. Uh, more details when that release is coming uh, will be on the at great underscore waffle uh, Twitter feed. Keep an eye out there and uh, listen to our podcast. Yes. Listen to it. You should do that. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Rabbit, for coming on. It's I'm, I'm slowly picking away at getting your entire cast on here. So uh, I, I think... I think actually Sydney's the only one that I haven't had on at this point. <laughs> um, so, so the challenge, the challenge is there. Um, well, thank you uh, again. And it was uh, great to have you on. Uh, Ray, we'll go over to you. Hello, I am Ray Mayhem. I am Ray Mayhem literally everywhere. Um, I 
post a lot of my mini painting on Twitter, um, so feel free to follow me there. I'm in uh, Luna's Discord. I am in Amber's Discord. Um, I don't have a Discord of my own, <laughs> but I... I am going to be doing the My Little Pony stream, so keep an eye out for uh, that. And if you're interested, hit your girl up. So, <laughs> yes, I uh, I will be posting the casting call contact sheet out on Twitter um, probably later tonight, and then uh, repeatedly until we decide to actually follow up on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Ray, thank you for coming back, and uh, I, I, I love to, uh, I love to have you on. So I'm glad it worked out. Um, Lord Richter, we'll go over to you now. All right. You can find me. At, well, first, there's inspiredincompetence.com. There's Inspired Incompetence has their own Facebook. You can find me in the Inspired Incompetence Discord, which the link for that you will find on the, both the Facebook and the website. You can find me also at Full Round Action Gaming's Discord. They have a Twitch stream. Check it out. It's a lot of Pathfinder fun and silliness. Um, also, I am also in Discord, so you can chat me up there. And uh, it's just been a pleasure to be here tonight. And the cat, which... I, okay, you can't see in Luna's thing is uh, resting comfortably on my chest here. Oh, <laughs> cat content, cat content. <laughs> I'm the, playing to all the favorites. I was going to say the rest of us can see that there's a cat, but we can only see about this much of the cat. So <laughs> yeah, she gets comfy and low. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, well, thank you for coming on and, and uh, for hanging out tonight. Uh, Callan, we'll wrap it up with you. Uh, you can find me at Callan underscore Hill on Twitter and also on my YouTube channel where I stream uh, both TTRPG interviews, game reviews, and a lot of spooky games. All right. A lot of spooky games. Wow, I think games. somebody's going to be on your show tomorrow, Cal, and I wonder yeah. who that is. Oh, yeah, hello, yeah. Obi. <laughs> hey, Obi's like, oh it's God. me! <laughs> Amber's going to be uh, on Obi tomorrow. Obi says she's done. Yeah. <laughs> chatting with me and hyping up uh, her stuff, and uh, they're going to be on, and it will be going live right after we're done recording. That episode will be live. Yay. And I'll be hyping it up on Twitter all day tomorrow, pretty much. Awesome. Well, then we will have to check that out. Um, well, thank you for coming on, and I'm uh, I'm glad that we were able to connect on Twitter. It's always nice when I can start putting faces with Twitter handles. <laughs> um, I I it's it's a nice it's a nice thing about uh, doing this show, and and the thing that's also been really nice about uh, about lately is that a lot of my upcoming guests are people that are first time people on the stream, so that's exciting. And um, yeah, I am Gaber Mom Luna. This is Luna's living room. And um, we're here every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific, talking about all things TTRPG. <laughs> and um, like we said beforehand, uh, there's going to be some stuff coming up on the channel. Um, Amber and I are going to be doing a one shot with Dungeon Matter and Big B's and Soul. Um we don't have a set date for that yet, but it's coming soon. And then uh, Ray and I and a couple other people are in the process of putting together a My Little Pony in Ravenloft 
campaign. So uh, that will also be coming soon. Uh, look for the sign-up information if you're interested in filling the last two seats uh, in that. Um, well, you can take one and somebody else can take one. Um, we will have the sign-up form going out on Twitter and also in Discord, uh, probably probably realistically tomorrow. Um, so, oh, yes, and uh, Zeal Zaddy just reminded me, any puppet games coming up? Coming up at the end of October, uh, I don't have my calendar right in front of me, but I believe it is October 20th, I am going to be over on Zeal Zaddy's channel where we're playing a ttrpg one shot with sock puppets yes. what yes Shut the oh my god it's gonna be amazing and i am so excited i've seen some of the other people's sock puppets in progress and i'm like man i have to step up my game um because mine's gonna be like a little white ankle sock with like yarn hair and that's about it so <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited. So yeah, drop Zeal's Addy a follow if you're not already following that channel. Um and uh and then you will you will know when it's coming. Um yeah. So we gotta we gotta find somebody to raid. Oh my gosh, who are we gonna raid tonight? Um I think Soul is actually live right now. I don't know that I am following Soul's channel. Let me see if I can find yeah, he's doing his, like, AMA. I'm pretty sure. Sweet. Well, then um, let's, let's, let's do that if you want to shoot the... Yeah, it's uh, twitch.tv slash souls rolls. Souls rolls, okay. Oh. Uh, slash... He's S such a good egg. It's S-O-L-S, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. S-O-L-S-R-O-L-E-S. R-O-L-E-S. All right, so that's where we're going, and raid. We gotta, we gotta do the thing. Um, S O L. Oh wait, before we go, can I show you Ob sitting like job of the hut? Yeah. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh my god, can you see him? Oh wait, he's oh like my god. god. Amazing, I love it. Yeah stupid idiot I all like right <laughs> well thank you all so much for coming and hanging out tonight and uh hopefully sure. we will see you again next week have a great evening thanks for tuning in for another episode of tales from the tavern you can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much. Bye. cheesy, everyone. Bye guys. Stay, stay, stay cheesy. 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 Stay